This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. This week, Neil Evans Says... Drawn gate three, J-Mac gets on. You can't blast me off Sharp and Smart. It's the winner of the Group 1 Victoria Derby. Elliptical just in front, Sharp and Smart goes to it, the outside lunges, and I think got up to win. Yes, and welcome to the Neil Evans Says Podcast. This week, Neil will give us his tips for the Golden Eagle at Rose Hill, and then we'll head to Melbourne for the Victoria Derby, the Kilmore Stud Stakes, and the Empire Rose Stakes. Just a quick reminder that we will have a special Melbourne Cup podcast coming your way, and that will be available by about four o'clock next Monday. Neil, great to have you with us again. Last Saturday's Cox Plate, you were sticking with Zaki. You were loyal all the way, but Animo really showed his class. Yes, he did. Hello, uh, Sumsy. Hello to everyone tuning into the podcast again. We are right in the grip of the spring. And yes, uh, to the well, once too often, Zaki, look, uh, the big boy, he had his chance, no question. They went slow enough through the middle, but uh, probably the race was run when J-Mac found a really nice trail on Animo, got the gun run, and, uh, you know, Zaki was there. Animo just came off the bit a little bit, but was in such a striking position, uh, he was able to pick up, and once he dashed up and hit the front, uh, it was never going to get caught. But certainly the biggest runner of the race, no question in my mind, came from I'm Thunderstruck, mm. uh, who, who was right back there in a very awful spot, way back on the inside, checked a couple of times, had to weave through traffic, got to the outside, and to be beaten only about a half length behind Animo was a massive run. So, uh, yeah. um, you know, all the credit with the winner, but massive the second horse as well. And they really took off around the 600, didn't they? They looked like they were flying. They did, yes. Uh, and that was because of those slowish sectionals through the middle. Uh, they chopped and changed. They took a fair bit of time to find their spots. So it was slowly run through the middle, which makes the run of I'm Thunderstruck even bigger. But it also meant that once Animo picked up, the dash came on, as you say, probably about the 600 metre mark that far out. And you always wanted to be on the Godolphin four-year-old there. So, uh, um, and, and really deserved. He was so close last year. Been such a dominant horse, both through autumn and spring. And mm. I think it was a popular win for sure. Okay, well, let's go to Rose Hill, and the winner of the Golden Eagle last year was I'm Thunderstruck. Yes. And uh, we'll, we will go to Melbourne shortly and cover off the derby. But first to Rose Hill, the weather is looking good for Saturday. They're predicting a soft seven due to the 40 millimetres received over the last week. But I, I don't know about that, Neil, because we've yeah. had plenty of sunshine and plenty of wind, and it'd have to improve, wouldn't it? Indeed, mate. Forget about soft seven. It will get to a minimum of six, uh, given we are going to get some pretty good weather in those 48 hours leading up. We'll get to a six, and by the time we get to race day, you're talking, you know, uh, a fair way away on the Saturday. It might even be close to a five. So that brings a lot of horses into it, the improving track. What a race it is. 20 runners. There's been some controversy over the final positions ballot-wise, but 20 runners in the world's richest race for four-year-olds. Whether you're a massive fan of the of the Golden Eagle or not, it is well and truly landed, that's for sure. It is race eight, the Group 1 Golden Eagle. Mar and Eustace looking to take the big prize with Irish jockey Jamie Spencer on board, number 12, Light Infantry, drawing barrier eight, and it's the $4 favourite, Neil. Yes, it is the $4 favourite. The wraps are big. A stallion, of course. There's a few uh, very high-class stallions in the race, but set weights means it's wide open. 20 runners is huge. The gloves will come off at about the six, 700 metre mark and there'll be a stack of chances, as there should be in a race like this. Light Infantry comes off back-to-back placings, second placings in Group 1s at Deauville in France, which has always been very good form around that part of Europe when you're heading towards an Australian spring. Raps are big. Jamie Spencer makes the flying trip to ride for Mar Eustace. Look, the $4 for me, mate, it's right in the race and you've got to respect the class this horse has, but under the odds. Under the odds, big time. I think it's about a... Six or seven dollar chance. 
So I reckon if you dive into $4 light infantry, as smart a horse as it is, you're mad. So, Neil, what about Peter Moody's I Wish I Win, number five? Big fan of this horse, uh, Sumsy. Fourth up, the uh, the Kiwi Savabil four-year-old for Moody-Nolan combination. I just reckon I wish I win at the value. You talk $12, $13, even in a race like this, I think it's way over the odds. This is a peaking time in the prep, fourth up. Didn't get much luck from a long way back in the Group 1 Tourac at Caulfield. That was over the mile. Still only beaten a length. It just didn't get the toe into the race at the right time. A little bit of a checkered passage. Still within a length of the winner, which was a good run for this. Comes back now 100 metres in trip, which does not concern me one bit because the horse does have a, a very nice little burst of acceleration. I go back two starts ago on the listed Testarossa at Sandown. Now, that's a lot weaker race. But I wish I win was back in the field, got hampered, got checked, got held up for a long, long way, still beat them easy, still clocked 34 seconds flat for the final six, could have run sub 33 easily on his ear. Look, it's a high-class race, but this is a really, really good middle-distance galloper. And I think over the odds, if it just gets a clear run from about the 600 metres and gets a fair income crack in the big field, uh, and that'll be a task for all the riders for sure, but if he gets a crack, I think he's massive value. I reckon he can win. So there you go. I wish I went on top at the value. Of course, mate, there's a million dangers here, as there should be in a race like this. I've got to respect 12 light infantry. Middle sort of gate, probably wants to race with room, being European, but it goes in for second. Two horses over the odds go in for the exotic players. One overpass, another stallion, right up the top there for Bjorn Baker. I think fourth up, $21, $26 from a soft gate is a mile over the odds. And so too is number 15, Fangirl, a Waller-Bowman combination She's over the odds too. She'll go around similar, $21, $26, and I think she's hitting a fourth up peak as well. So they're the numbers for me. You can play wide and handsome, of course, in the Golden Eagle, but five, I wish I win. to be 12 light infantry, one overpass, 15 fangirl. Okay, let's go off to Flemington for Victoria Derby Day. A fair amount of rain again in Melbourne this week, over 35 millimetres. Saturday has it all with a bit of sun, a couple of showers, quite breezy, a top of just 18. We're looking at a soft six. It's race eight. The Group 1 Empire Rose Stakes, $1 million, 1,600 metres at weight for age for fillies and mares at three years and up. Named after Empire Rose, the New Zealand mare, who in 1988 won the McKinnon Stakes, which was run on Derby Day back then, and then... Mm up and won the Melbourne Cup on the Tuesday. It made Empire Rose the first mayor to win the Melbourne Cup since Light Fingers in 1965. Yeah, I remember that day, Empire Rose. Big Rosie, 1988, because I was on Natsuki. It was the biggest run you've ever seen not to win, Natsuki. Oh, I'm still getting it. It's taken me all this time to get over it, Gumsy, <laughs> but I'm getting there. For all Natsuki followers, I'm getting there. They'll know what I mean. Okay, Empire Rose, wait for age, fillies and mares, plenty wide too. Full field of 16 will go round here. Look, the horse I like is uh, number 16, She's Lickety Split, uh, a Kiwi one who gets down right down in the weights now for this race. And look, the track was against her last start when she raced at Caulfield in that Group 1. Loomed to win the race, but uh, it was quicksand from about the 400 metres onward. We're probably going to be on a 6-7 rating, so it's certainly going to be far from a long way from good. But you'll get a lot firmer footing here than you did at Caulfield that time when there was a lot of traffic that time. I think back at Flemington on the bigger track. And I think probably around $8, $9 mark, terrific value. 16, she's lickety split. Who else should we be looking out for? What about Nimalee? Nimalee's a big chance. Of course, Matthew Smith having a terrific run over the last few months, the Warwick Farm trainer. I do have Nimalee in for third. One other I'll put in there ahead of it is La Criquet, another Kiwi who's been destroying opposition across the Tasman. One not so long ago, comes across now third up, 
targeted for this race from a long way out. Simon and Katrina Alexander are the training combination. They sought J-Mac to ride a fair time ago, and they've got him on board. So 14, La Creek goes in as the main danger, and certainly number two, Nimely for Smith, Damon Oliver in for third. So my number's in the Empire Rose, 16 to beat 14 and two. There we go. Neil's tips are for race eight. The Empire Rose Stakes 16-14-2. On to race six, the Group 1 Kilmore Stud Stakes over 1,200 metres at set weights. The grand final for the three-year-old sprinters, $2 million prize money. And after being scratched from the rescheduled Manicato last week, Coolan Gatter is certainly a big chance, Neil, especially with the informed Craig Williams on board. Yeah, Willow's going pretty good, isn't he? And so is the stable Mar and Eustace, third up, building a very nice record, Cool and Gatter. Can't have it on top, Sumsy, because there's two horses here that I reckon are clear best in the race, two quality three-year-olds. First up, we have uh, In Secret, number 15, the Godolphin. This is the run to the Rose winner over, tw- over 1,200 metres, who then went to the Golden Rose, sat off the speed, had to duck back to the inside inferior ground, still hit the line, and it took a top-class finisher like Jackano to knock her out late over 1,400 metres. So I think in secret, it's had a bit of time now, good freshen up between the Golden Rose run and back to 1,200 metres down a straight course. For me, fourth up, the clear one to beat, number 15. Massive fan of uh, the toppy here, uh, Jackano, who's just been the subject, of course, of a $15 million purchase. Drawn to come down the outside rail on a soft seven-ish type ground could be a key. Came off a terrific closing effort in the Everest. Might just take its toll, which is why I've got In Secret on top to beat it. The other one I want to put in there in the Coolmore start is Cool and Gatter. Nice and fresh, spaciously raced, which I like. She's got a really nice turn of foot, number 14. Also drawn to come down the outside of the track where I think they'll finish up. So Coolmore Stud Stakes always love this race for the three-year-olds. 15 in secret to win to beat one Jack and O and 14 Cool and Gatter. All right, that's race six at Flemington. 15, one and 14 are Neil's tips. And finally to race seven, the Group 1 Penfolds Victoria Derby. Over 2,500 metres, a really tough test at set weights for spring three-year-olds. $2 million prize money. And, Neil, you picked the winner of the Champion Stakes in Sydney last Saturday, sharp and smart. He's making the trip to Melbourne for the Derby. Are you on him again this week? You couldn't blast me off sharp and smart with sticks of dynamite, Sumsy. I'll give you the tip there. It was absolutely doing backflips. $7.50 spring champion, sat three wide, no cover. Bowman just held it together, didn't panic. The horse kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. It was a busy finish and won the race. I don't have any concern. There was a lot of talk, oh, it's a tough, tough win. Did all the work and still won. Seven day back up into the derby's got to be concerned. I don't believe it's a concern because Graham Rogerson has really targeted the prep of this horse to come late. It's only fourth up reaching 2,500 metres, which is a big step up in distance. But he had one win either side of the Tasman. Gone from the mile win to spring champion win at 2,000 up to the fourth up peak at 2,500 metres on a seven day back up. And that's unusual, but it's also a big key for a horse who's still rising. A lot of three-year-olds you can see this time of the year, some say they may have topped out. They may have done their best. They might even be a bit over the other side. This horse is still rising. Drawn gate three, J-Mac gets on. You can't blast me off sharp and smart. It's the winner of the Group 1 Victoria Derby, and uh, I'll be collecting big 
because I've been on, on him for a little while. So it all comes down to four, 20 minutes past four Saturday afternoon for sure. I do have Berkeley Square, last start winner for Dan O'Sullivan, who's drawn well in for second, and Mr Maestro, who's put three together, another Kiwi uh, who's uh, taken everything in its path in three runs over here. In for third, drawn out's going to be tricky to get across from gate 17, but got plenty of class. But as I mentioned in the podcast recently, uh, Sumsy, sharp and smart, all being equal, has a four-length win on Mr Maestro and from the gates. To me, that's massive. All about sharp and smart to win the Victoria Derby number one, to beat two Berkeley Square and four Mr Maestro. Okay, race seven at Flemington, the Victoria Derby. Neil's tips one, two and four. And don't forget, we do have a special Melbourne Cup podcast uh, being released on Monday around 4 o'clock. You can follow Neil on Twitter and get his quaddies for Rose Hill and Flemington. Neil's Twitter handle is at Neil Evans Mail. We release the podcast every Friday morning by 8am. Don't forget to share us. Great job, Neil. I thought we'd give the listeners a quickie to end the podcast this week. Race 7, Rose Hill, the Nature Strip Stakes over 1,300 metres. Who are your picks for this one? The Nature Strip Stakes, yes. Without the big boy Nature Strips, but I tell you what, I'm very, very keen on Lost and Running. You remember the story, Scratched on the Morning of the Everest, which was a big shame when the horse was lame. But this is his race, number 7, Lost and Running. No question three, Marzu, who made up a lot of ground in the Everest for the Snowden camp. Fourth up is the danger. And Private Eye, I've just about got over that close, close second in the Everest. Really good finisher for Joe Pride in for third. So, yeah, great addition. $3 million. Lost and running wins at number seven, ahead of three Mazu and two Private Eye. All right, there we go. Race seven, Rose Hill, seven, three, and two for Neil. And by the way, Neil, some lady by the name of Gina rang during the week and uh, she said she wanted to sponsor the podcast. Is that true? Well, I think she might have been a bit of a stalker, Neil. Once I told her you were married, she hung up. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.